Welcome to the Missions Podcast, the show that explores your hard questions on missions, theology, and practice to help goers think and thinkers go. I'm Alex Kochman, Director of Communications and Media with ABWE, joined by my new friend, Jeff Chang, who is Assistant Professor of Historical, Historical theology, theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary here, where we're coming to you from the For the Church Conference 2022. Jeff is also the curator of the Spurgeon Library here on campus as well. So there's a lot of Spurgeon stuff happening happening it's here. True. It's the name of the college. Yep. There's the library. Have you been by the library yet? I have been by. It's okay. beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful it's space. Beautiful. Yeah. We should be recording this in there. We should. That would oh. actually be a lot better. <laughs> Hindsight is 2020. Anyway, it's Jeff, okay. we're glad to have you on. Good to be with you. And we're glad to be here because the theme of the conference is not only being for the church and for the nations. And when I think of somebody that was for both the church and for the gospel and for the nations, I think of someone that you've written about yeah. a lot, right? And you have a new book out. Yeah, I've got a book out called Spurgeon the Pastor. So, you know, sometimes people overlook the fact, you know, that beyond his huge preaching ministry, uh, beyond the, the pastor's college and the orphanage, uh, that most fundamentally Spurgeon was a pastor of a local church. Yeah. And he was uh, just a, 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 in many ways kind of a Baptist pastor, you know, yeah. kind of rather than doing sort of the more innovative things that Baptists were doing in his day, he was actually going back mm. to Baptists of a previous generation yeah. and implementing their ecclesiology, their, their vision for pastoral ministry. So that's what I talk about in my book, Spurgeon yeah. the Pastor. Yeah, that's cool. We need more, as you put it, just Baptist pastors. We need more people doing that, leaning into kind of the old, the tried and the true, the old ways. That's wonderful. So talk to us about Spurgeon. At, obviously, everybody's familiar with Charles Spurgeon, the preacher, yeah. the evangelist, the uh, sayer of witty one-liners. <laughs> Uh, even even the writer, as far as getting some of those things down, written in morning and evening, all, all the wonderful w written resources that we have now right. from his body of work. But tell me about Charles Spurgeon as a sending pastor, yeah. sending missionaries. Yeah, yeah. The, the Metropolitan Tabernacle uh, under Spurgeon was uh, an amazing kind of sending engine uh, under Spurgeon's ministry. Uh, people were being converted to the gospel and. These, a lot of these young Christians were being stirred by, by Spurgeon's call. You know, Spurgeon would preach things like, you know, if you have any ability to speak God's word, the question that you should be answering is, why not be sent out? Why not go out and preach the gospel? Oh, it hurts. Uh, you know, uh, unless you can, like, prove otherwise that you shouldn't go, yeah. then you should probably go, right? You should probably go out to the mission field, you should probably become a preacher or, or a church planter. wasn't against a, a little bit of guilt manipulation no, here and there, no, let's he be wasn't. honest. Uh, he, <laughs> he definitely framed people in, in sort of this urging kind of mentality, like yeah. telling people to go. Um, so no surprise, I mean, out of the Metropolitan Tabernacle with a membership of over 5,000 people by the end of his ministry, mm -hmm. uh, many, many people were being sent out. Um, and that's preacher boys throughout England, but also beyond internationally? That's right. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's right. A lot of were sent out as pastors to plant churches, right. to revitalize churches. But even beyond that, a lot were being sent out uh, cross-culturally, yeah. you know, into other parts of the world. Uh, you get a sense of how many people are being sent out when you read his, his monthly magazine. So he had The Sword and the Trial, and he would often just give updates and reports on sort of the latest graduates coming out of the pastor's college and where they were headed off to. Uh, and in those reports, we see people heading off to Japan, uh, headed off to uh, the Western Hemisphere, to Haiti, to the West Indies, to America, uh, to, and then down to South Africa, over to the East, to Asia. Uh, so 
uh, quite amazing. I mean, the, the pastor's college eventually started their own sort of missionary association uh, for, for guys that were being sent out, but were perhaps having trouble being placed in other yeah. sending agencies. They just formed their own yeah. and raised the money. and it's a very Baptist way of doing and things. their own support structures. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of these graduates are also being sent out through the Baptist Missionary Society, through China Inland Mission, through African Inland Mission, all the other organizations of their days. Uh, and so the Metropolitan Tabernacle supported a lot of these uh, young men. Um, they would uh, often receive them back on furloughs. Yeah, I was going to ask, what did they do once they sent them? Mm -hmm. They came back. They... Yeah, provided ongoing support, provided financial support. Uh, Monday, their Monday night prayer meetings were uh, a wonderful sort of missions-minded sort of uh, prayer meeting. You know, so regularly they would be praying, they would be hearing reports from the mission field, uh, discussing them and praying for their the people that they sent out. Hmm. Um, Spurgeon himself was quite involved in the missions organizations of the day. Okay. He was uh, on the committee at the Baptist Missionary Society for several years. He would regularly speak at their annual meetings. So yeah, uh, I mean, I could keep going. Yeah, yeah. But in all kinds of ways, from giving, from the monthly magazine, from the pastor's college, that prayer meeting, I mean, there was just all kinds of missionary activity going on yeah. under Spurgeon's leadership at the Metropolitan Tabernacle. Well, let me ask you this then, because we're at a conference here, there's a lot of young people here, and we've seen this for several years. Maybe it's starting to wane off a little bit, but you know, you see Spurgeon t-shirts. <laughs> Y'all have your Spurgeon bobbleheads, right? The, the college is named after it. Wonderful man of God. There's also kind of a cult of personality a little bit around Charles Spurgeon, right? He was, he was not perfect. He was a sinner, right? Feet of clay like the rest of us. And so I think, you know, we get into a little bit of this, you know, kind of reformed celebrity pastor, you know, idolization sometimes that happens. but. What would you say to the person who wants to know really at a, at a deep level of spiritual intimacy with Christ who Charles Spurgeon represents so that I can imitate that type of a Christian walk? What would you say for the person that wants to get beyond some of the, uh, you know, the nostalgia there yeah. and, and actually imitate the person's walk with the Lord? Yeah. And this, this is related to I mean, our conversation about missions because you know, for the preacher who has a big vision of God, mm. uh, for the preacher who has a deep sense of the lostness of humanity mm. and the wonder of the gospel, I mean, the natural overflow is to talk about missions, to talk about yeah, yeah. evangelism from that. Yeah. And so, I mean, when, when I read Spurgeon, trying to get beyond the means and so forth, I mean, what I encounter is a man who, like, he takes the Bible seriously. I mean, he, he truly believes in his heart the things that the Bible teaches about who God is, about how corrupt and lost and sinful man is, about the horrors of hell, uh, about the glories of heaven, uh, about the, the beauty and the wonder of the fact that there's a savior for sinners yeah. who came to rescue us from our sins, who took our judgment upon himself and bore the wrath of God that we deserve. I mean, all these things just gripped Spurgeon so deeply. One of the projects that I'm working on uh, is actually, I, I just tweeted this today, and it's, it's, it's a volume of unpublished poems hmm. uh, that we have here in the Spurgeon Library. Okay. Uh, handwritten poems by Spurgeon, never before seen, uh, little known. Um, and uh, these are like devotional poems. These are Spurgeon's yeah. sort of private spiritual reflections. Mm. And it's striking reading these sort of personal reflections. Again, just how gripped Spurgeon was by the, the, the awful majesty of God mm. and, and a 
again, the... It's a good phrase, the, the awful majesty of God. Yeah, and, and yet the, the beautiful sort of grace of God in Jesus Christ, you know, mm-hmm. and... Because um, when I think about Spurgeon's preaching, I think of that. I think of somebody who knows how to take two words or three words <laughs> and... Uh, ring them so dry. Yeah. Even maybe find a few things that weren't in the text. Let's be honest, but but really get every single thing out of that text and help you to feel the weight yeah. uh, of whatever it is. Yeah, the, and that's the glories not just, of heaven, the, the horrors of hell. And what, and what I learned from like knowing Spurgeon more personally, I mean, that's not just his giftedness with language, though he is very gifted with language. Yeah. But I get yeah. the sense like here's a man who's really encountered something. It was real. You know? Yeah. yeah so he's. He's had a sense of, of who God is, you know, in his own time with the Lord. Because I can't help but wonder, what if, you know, for, for every person wearing a, a T-shirt with Spurgeon or with Spurgeon in their profile picture on right. social media, right. if, if we just felt the, the depths of the gospel as, yeah. as deeply as he did, yeah. it, what a world of difference that yeah, would make. that's right. There's this one account I read of, uh, you know, when Spurgeon was just a village preacher, 17 years old, he's pastoring this little church in Water Beach. Uh, we've published here in this series called The Lost Sermons of C.H. Spurgeon. We yeah. published all those earliest sermons. Um, but there's this one sermon that I got to work on where he's preaching on basically the horrors of hell. Mm. Uh, I read the account of him staying with a friend in the church the night before. And this friend was saying he was, you know, they, they both had a good time, ate dinner, went to bed. And in the middle of the night, Spurgeon wakes him up. and this friend sees Spurgeon, he's like ghost white. He's sweating profusely. Mm. And Spurgeon tells him, I, I've just had a horrible vision of hell. Mm. You know, and uh, he went on to describe kind of the things that he saw. Mm. Um, wow. And then this friend went on to describe the next day Spurgeon delivered this sermon on God's judgment wow. that you know will not be soon forgotten by the people who heard it. You know? yeah. uh, and, and so I mean, when I read that, I, I think of like Jonathan Edwards, yeah. and I think of the things that were going on in Northampton under yeah. his preaching. Yeah. But I mean, here was a man gripped by the Holy Spirit to see the reality behind the things that he was preaching about, mm. uh, and therefore he was able to deliver them mm. with that kind of power. Wow. So, so the memes, all these things, I think they failed to capture that. Right? Yeah. They failed to yeah. capture like the, the spiritual. Or if they power. capture, they, they capture, you know, him smoking cigars, all the all the external right. Right. things, all, all the things the that trappings. we think are, are kind of fun and right, cool. Right, right, not the the depth of that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, it, maybe you've already kind of answered it. Yeah. But let's be even more explicit. Okay. How can a missionary? learn from Charles Spurgeon too. But I don't know about you, a lot of the missionaries that I know that I serve alongside of or interact with through ABWE love them to death. Um, what I love about so many of the missionaries that I know is that they're they're gloriously ordinary people, right? They, they don't levitate, you know, they're, they're, they're normal people. And it's, it's so cool to see normal people serving the Lord all over Amen. the world. Uh, and, and yet, the gospel is not an ordinary, mundane thing, right? It's, it's, a, it's a thing that we need to feel. Uh, how should a missionary imitate Spurgeon in that way? Um, maybe this will help answer that question. Can I read some quotes? You can, think, you can. Uh, I think are related. I mean, first you've got to preach the gospel if you're a missionary. That's the that's the number one. If you're not preaching the gospel, then forget well, about certainly. anything else. Yeah. yeah, certainly. You can't assume that. Sometimes you have to actually say that explicitly. Well, and, and what I want to highlight is that, you know, even though Spurgeon was not himself a missionary, he himself wrestled with the, the, the missionary call. Um, mm. 
Take yeah. your time, we'll cut. No, here, here you go. Spurgeon says this, I have made it a solemn question whether I might not testify in China or India the grace of Jesus, and in the sight of God I have answered it. I solemnly feel that my position in England will not permit my leaving the sphere in which I now am, or else tomorrow I would offer myself as a missionary. Oh, do none of you hear the call this morning? You that are free from so great a work as that which is cast upon me, you that have talents as yet undevoted to any special end and powers of being as yet unconsecrated to any given purpose, do you not hear my master saying in tones of plaintive sorrow, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, mm -hmm. and Holy Spirit. You know, what I sense there, uh, even in that quote, and perhaps that this helps answer your question, um, you know, even before preaching the gospel, Spurgeon had a sense of calling. Mm. He had a very clear sense that he was where he was supposed to be at. And, and were he not in that sphere of divinely appointed labor, mm. he would be asking himself, maybe I should go to China. Maybe I should go to India and preach the gospel there. You know, for the missionary who is uh, who's serving in a difficult place, uh, who's far from family, who's experiencing some of the trials of the mission field, um, I think Spurgeon would encourage them to recognize you're there for a reason. You know, the Lord has called you there through circumstances, through your church. Um, believe that. Mm. You know, believe that you're you're meant to be there. Why are you meant to be there? To preach the gospel, right? To bring to the lost those who need to hear about Jesus Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Because there there is an allergy in the modern missions world against preaching at people, right? And, and sometimes for good reason. You don't want to preach past people, right, if they're not understanding you linguistically or culturally. Uh, but to think, the arrogance to think that we could graduate beyond old gospel preaching, right? Spurgeon never did. He never graduated beyond that. And I love what he says there, that, that, that we shouldn't have any unconsecrated skills, abilities, talents, right? If there's any ability that someone has, don't waste that. If you're not, yeah. if it's not aiming towards something specific that's kingdom oriented. Yeah. So for yeah, people amen. that have a heart for some of what we're talking about here, not only missions, but even historical theology and studying some of these things, unearthing some of these gems, how can they learn more about the Spurgeon Library or how can they learn more about some of the other things that you're doing here at Midwestern? Yeah, visit our website, Spurgeon.org. Uh, that's where we regularly post content that we hope will be encouraging and edifying to Christians and to the church. Um, also, we've got various wonderful publishing projects coming out. You know, very so good. Spurgeon the pastor, like I said, yeah. uh, the lost sermons are all very edifying. These are sermons when he, you know, what I love about those sermons is uh, those are sermons that he was preaching when he was, like I said, just a village pastor before he was a celebrity. Yeah. So here he is, just laboring quietly uh, in these Cambridge villages, mm. but he's preaching these excellent sermons. He's mm. been gripped by the Spirit from a young age, from a young age to yeah. to deliver the gospel. So for the for the pastor who feels like he's laboring, like laboring very quietly in unseen ways, mm. those lost sermons could be a great encouragement. Oh. Um, so check those out. Very good. Spurgeon.org. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that today. We appreciate it. Yeah, good to be it's with good you. Good to be edified by that. And thank you for joining us today. The Missions Podcast is a ministry of ABWE. To learn more about ABWE, go to abwe.org. To learn more about Midwestern, you can go to mbts.edu. Well, we'll see you in the next episode coming to you here from Kansas City, Missouri at the For the Church Conference. Thanks.